Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. This is our 125th show, released on May 27th, 2015. My name is Steve Eunice, and I'm joined by my good friend, Scotty V. Hey, Scotty. Hello, everyone. Hello, Steve. Thanks for listening. How are you going? Doing well, and I should say that we are brought to you proudly by our good sponsor and fantastic friend, Patrick O'Neill. Patrick O'Neill. Thank you, Patrick. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Try to say that at the same time as you, because I thought it might be cool, but it kind of echo, came echo, out. Echo, echo, echo. Yes. Mm. Uh, but yeah, thanks, Patrick. Now, how have you been since uh, we last got together for a chat? Oh, uh, doing pretty well. Everything's going, you know, fairly nicely here. We're into spring. Mm. Um, and it's been a little cold the last few days. I mean, it got warm in the daytime, but we also had frost warnings and we were oh. down in the uh, high 30s uh, overnight, uh, which is pretty cold for us. Oh. Wow. Yeah, well, things are cold here, uh, winter. So, um Got my hoodie on with my uh, headset over my hoodie. So oh, <laughs> trying to keep myself cold. warm. Yeah, trying to keep myself warm. But let's move on to our discussion topics. And uh, as we do, usually we start with movie news. And there hasn't been a lot this past month. It has been fairly quiet on the movie front. Um, we have had some rumors. And we have had some some artwork that's kind of been released online, but. Other than that, we're you know waiting patiently for you know some of the stuff that will be released to promote Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. We've had the teaser trailer, which we spoke about at length last month, uh, but since then we haven't really had too much to talk about. No, it's been you know kind of slow, I guess. But you know, here's the thing: it's uh, a two-hour event that happens once every two or three years, mm. and how much can they really give you without? kind of given everything to exactly. you so we'll see another trailer a longer trailer at some point this um summer i guess or maybe at during the holiday time at movies is when they're going to choose to show it but by that time we'll only be a few months away so i'm not really sure what kind of other official releases we're going to get before much too sooner than then so yeah, i'm sure san diego comic-con will deliver something uh, yeah maybe yeah yeah that might be where they do a full length. Who knows? Mm. Um, that seems seems a little little early, but uh, I guess it, it will come up on us before you know it. So yeah, for sure. Now, what we have seen are some. Well, we assume they've leaked these promotional art uh, style uh, artist impressions of the characters: Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. We spoke about. Uh, we, we posted a news item last month about those, but uh, additional promotional art has also been released showing Batman and Superman. <sighs> in battle poses, I guess, between, you know, fighting one where Batman's really punching the crap out of Superman and the other one where Superman's got Batman in a choker hold. So uh, they seem to be very reminiscent of artwork and poses that we've seen in other comic books. Yeah, and they look like some of the, uh, I believe Jim Lee did the one where uh, Bat where Superman has Batman by the scruff of the collar and the uh, the punch, I think, is the maybe the hush line, which might have also been Jim Lee. Mm, uh, so uh, and there's some box boxing style uh, posters that are also leaked, and so we've all been posted on the Superman homepage now. Uh, we weren't sure if we'd get in trouble for doing that, but uh, they seem to have spread everywhere. So uh, we just joined in the in the melee. Yes, indeed, uh, they're kind of cool. I mean, I don't know. I don't think they really have anything to do with the movie, other than somebody drew these up. But I mean, 
I can't really think of a place where they would be useful in the plot of the film, you know, no. boxing style <laughs> posters as if they're Muhammad Ali and, uh, well, I guess Superman was the most famous person to fight Muhammad Ali. Uh, but uh, they're cool to look at. And yeah. you can kind of tell that they're in the style of the Man of Steel movie and yeah. the style of what we saw in the in the teaser. So they definitely have a connection in some way. But I'm not sure what they're going to do with them, if they're going to be anything or if it's just a fan type of thing. Yeah, no, I have uh, no idea. I'm sure they'll probably be used maybe on T-shirts down the line. We've seen some of the promotional art for Man of Steel used that way. Um, you know, things like buttons and things that they re release. Um, I think if you go to Zazzle.com, you'll see a lot of that kind of stuff available on T-shirts and, you know, whatever you can print uh, pretty much as far as promotional items are concerned. These artist, in artist impressions usually get put on that kind of uh, merchandise. Hmm. Well, maybe we'll get some of those down the line. Now, uh, other than that, we've had this uh, persistent rumour about Doomsday. Uh, El Mayimbe, who was with, um, uh, what was the website that he was with? Latino Review has now set up his own website called uh, Heroic Hollywood. Uh, he's been on a couple of podcasts this past month with some scoops and things about uh, Batman v Superman, and he seems to uh, think that it will be officially... Uh, it will uh, uh, that Doomsday will officially be in Batman v Superman um, as the brawn that Lex Luthor uses to uh, go toe to toe with Superman. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, this rumor has been around for quite some time. It's not like uh, he came up with this scoop. I mean, it was mentioned, I think, back as far as summer. So uh, last summer. <laughs> Uh, that uh, that Doomsday was going to have some involvement in the next film. I mean, fans were talking about it right away. I feel like it's too early if that is the case, and they are going to use him. Now, they may not go the whole Death of Superman route uh, if they ever do get around to Doomsday uh, in these movies. You know, if you look at the comics these days, they've used Doomsday in a number of ways, and mm -hmm. there's even going to be a new uh, doomed comic book where somebody's somehow infected by the Doomsday uh, virus or something along those lines and uh, so they're using doomsday in all sorts of ways I, I guess probably because it's one of the most well-known ways that well i guess only way that superman officially died in comics so it's kind of a popular name even if a lot of fans didn't like the character and didn't really love the story doomsday is kind of a kind of a big deal yeah. in the superman world so it's kind of a thing that comes to everyone's mind. And years and years ago, a lot of fans were kind of clamoring for an official Death of Superman trilogy where mm -hmm. you had the return and, and where you had the, the four Superman imposters and then you had them come back and all that stuff. And that never really happened. And I don't know that we're ever really going to see that. So who knows if Doomsday is in the film, what his capacity will be in this particular movie or whether he'll just be um, something we hear about in the end or whether he's in it at all. And of course, if he is, do we ever actually do we is this really are we really going to see the death of Superman that quickly when he's only been in one film of his own and when we're about to launch Justice League? Hmm. I wouldn't think so. It, it seems premature. Um, but I don't mind, you know, if there is a Doomsday type character in this movie. Um, it doesn't seem like, I mean, we've always said Batman doesn't seem like much of a fight for Superman. Like it seems, you know, just a normal human being with some gadgets up against, you know, a, a Kryptonian 
doesn't seem like much of a battle, and even Lex Luthor. No, no, he's going to be one of the new. He's going to be one of the new gods. So let's right. not, uh, you know, jump. Yes, right, right. Um, and there's even some rumors about Lex Luthor, whether or not he'll have a battle armor or whatever. I mean, look, fans are, are clamoring for something about Batman v Superman, so we're going to hear rumors and speculation. And um, you know, there's even a rumor about the age of Wonder Woman that she'll probably be a lot, like you know, decade, uh, centuries old. Uh, and that, you know, she's an immortal, so that she's been around for a long time. So who knows uh, what these rumours, where they come from, whether there's any truth to them. We'll just have to wait and see for further details. That would certainly be a different take on Wonder Woman, I think. It's, I mean, I don't read the Wonder Woman comic, mm. but from what I know of her and from the times where I have, I didn't think she was a an immortal who had been around for centuries. Mm, no, no, but, I didn't know so, We'll wait and see how that plays out as well. So really, other than that, there isn't much else about Batman v Superman that we can talk about. So um, I think we, we move into TV news where there's been lots to talk about. Yes, the, the TV situation, I was going to say it when we were talking about the movie. You know, the movie's a two-hour event that happens once every several years. And mm -hmm. I think I've expressed to you multiple times that I personally prefer television, especially when it's written well and when characters are respected and when there's good dialogue and when there's good plot lines. Because you have so many hours of the show where you see these characters develop, you learn about them, you get involved with them, you learn to care about them. You know, what happens on the show matters to you. You talk about it every week in your daily life you know a movie comes and goes you talk about it for a bit i mean people are still yelling about man of steel <laughs> but in general you know it only goes for a short time and, and you don't learn that much about the characters but here we're you know we're getting all this supergirl information as i i imagine you were about to go into <laughs> and if the show does well if the show lasts obviously we're going to see a lot more of supergirl than we are of superman with only one movie every few years yeah, for sure. Now, uh, obviously, we are talking about Supergirl. Um, this past month, the CBS uh, officially gave Supergirl a series order, and it will appear in November. The pilot episode will air in November on a Monday night time slot, um, which some people are surprised about, going up against Monday Night Football and some other popular shows. I think Gotham is also on a Monday night on a different network. Yes, Gotham. Uh, that was the one that surprised me most because even though these entities are separate and and from what Jeff Johns and others have said, the movie universe is not really going to be connected or at least they don't have plans to connect it at this time. Um, it still seems odd that they would want to hurt any of their other properties or hurt this property by putting it up against another. And of course, Gotham very very uh, Batman-centric, even though Batman's not in it, and Batman being the most popular superhero, you wouldn't think anybody would want to go against it with another DC superhero. Now, if Marvel came out with a series and said, we're going to put it up against one of the DC shows, that would make sense to me. Mm. Yeah, so uh, it will be on a Monday night time slot in November uh, when it starts to, to air uh, on CBS, uh, but an official series order, which is fantastic. Um, now... The trailer, well, well, before we get on to, to talking about the trailer, the extended trailer, six-minute trailer, obviously, as we record this, the pilot episode has leaked online. The full pilot episode is available on Torrent Site. I think it's up on YouTube. Uh, while we don't condone it, um, I've seen it. I watched it. I mean, you, you can't, you know, not uh, want to see it uh, when it you know, has been released, um, whether officially or unofficially. And... There's some speculation about, look, the Flash 
pilot episode also leaked online months before uh, it was scheduled to premiere. Uh, do you think this is something that has officially, unofficially leaked or unofficially officially leaked? You know what I'm saying? Was Is this <laughs> some kind of a, uh, I don't know, um, are they doing this on purpose or is it really just kind of got out there without them wanting it to get out there? How, how do these things happen? Well, I, you know, it, it baffles my mind as to how they continue to happen if it's not something that was leaked out by the company. Now, when that whole interview movie fiasco happened, uh, my belief was that the movie company did it because they knew no one really cared about it. And they wanted to try to get as much publicity for the movie as they could. So the whole China thing and the whole, if you release this movie, we're gonna, it played into them trying to get as many viewers to watch it as they right. could. So releasing it early and doing that whole thing. I, I, you know, when someone mentioned to me that it seemed kind of odd that this kind of thing keeps happening, it happened with the flash it happened with Supergirl. Now it, it did seem possible that maybe the company is releasing it on purpose because they want to, you know, get more hype about it. And, and somebody said, well, because of all the negative reactions to the t- the trailer that they should, show they wanted to show the whole show and and since they've shown the whole show i i've i've heard people talking much more positively saying oh yes the things you didn't like in the trailer there's there they are there but they're so they're so much smaller in, in the show because the show's an hour long or whatever and you see so many more good things in the series is the, the episode is so much better than what the trailer shows now from my point of view i thought the trailer was really good and i'm kind of excited about it based on having seen the trailer but i did think that there was there was clearly a a uh, a, a decent amount of corniness and campiness and silliness and goofiness which i never really like in my uh, superhero shows or movies uh, marvel in general much more silly and goofy although i recently finished with the daredevil season and it was very kind of dark and gritty and that's really more what i like which is odd being a superman fan because most people will tell me superman is not gritty superman is not dark but he doesn't have to be but the, the world around him and the seriousness of the plot can still be serious you don't need to have characters like cisco running around with seemingly forced dialogue and some of that seemed to be going on in the supergirl trailer which from that point of view, if they wanted to say, no, 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 there is some stuff like that going on in the trailer, but here's the whole show. This will give them a better idea and maybe it won't hurt us as much. But I thought that the trailer did a really good job of mm. showing the coolness that the show could be, even though there was some of that corn present in it as well. And as far as that, I think I come, I came to the decision that it doesn't really make sense to me that WB or, or, or DC or whoever it is that's in charge of this project would release it because my I'm kind of worried now because I feel like having been released early, all those people who watched it aren't going to be that excited or care as much when the pilot time actually comes around. They're going to go, well, we'll just watch it the second week because we've already seen it. Yeah, well, that's an interesting topic that you, you raised there because this, actually the Flash, which, as you said, and as I said, leaked online months ahead of its premiere, the Flash premiere episode... Uh, pilot episode ended up having the biggest ratings ever for a pilot episode on the the network that it was shown on or the night that it was shown on. It set some kind of record for that particular episode. So that doesn't seem to be the case. It doesn't seem to be uh, a drop-off um, because of the fact that it leaked online early. So 
you have to wonder whether or not that just creates more hype and people saying, well, you know, you've got to see it now. you you just got to go watch it and, you know, let's catch it at the beginning. Maybe they'll show something extra or maybe they'll, you know, I don't know what, what, what the reason is behind wanting to see it online. Maybe they want to watch it with their families. They watch it online themselves and they say, look, come along and look, the pilot episode is airing. You know, let's sit down and watch it. This is really good. And so, you know, it works in that way. I'm not sure how uh, it helps or hinders but it's uh, obviously, you know, there's there's some precedent set. Yeah, the truth is a lot of people, even though uh, people have asked me uh, about comic books or about TV shows or about uh, radio shows I've downloaded and listened to. I mean, I haven't actually done that, but just the idea that it's possible that you right. could do that. Uh, and, and it does seem like even though they asked me. Uh, most of the people who ask me still never end up doing it. So I, I think you're right in that even though it is available and almost anybody who would care about something like this does have a computer, does have access, would have the ability to watch it, uh, for the most part, aren't going to. But the people who are really huge fans and the people who really can't wait, the people who rush to it and watch it, will have the ability then to go out and tell their offices and tell their schools and tell their friends and tell their families, as you say, mm, that may the then get the hype built up more. Mm, so sure. either way, I think is possible. I mean, my initial thinking, as I said, was that that would hurt it because people had already seen it. So why would they be excited? You know, you want your your premiere to be really exciting. But you're right with the Flash. I didn't realize it was the highest rated, but I know the Flash has better ratings than Arrow, which has been on for three years, and the Flash is brand new. So anything can happen. Um, I'm still concerned about CBS, not because CBS can't make a good show, but because. They're not really known for superhero shows, and mm. they're not one of the networks that can afford to have only 5 million viewers. Now, The Flash has 5 million viewers, and it's considered a smash success. Gotham has 5 million viewers, and somehow that's staying on, and that's on um, Fox. Generally, the big networks need 8, 10, 12, 15 before they start saying it's a definite that it's going to stay on. But again, we've talked about this before, too. Times are changing in television, and, and uh, a lot of the DVR things are counting now and people watching them on the on the repeats and you know they're 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 counting ratings and they're counting viewings differently than they used to they used to really go by the numbers that they thought they had for you know nielsen ratings or whatever there's no real way to know exactly how many people are watching your show but it's actually getting better now i think with Mm. digital trackers and, and dvrs and things because these things are actually reporting and going back to the sources and i think they're getting a better idea of what shows really get and and because so many people are watching them so many different ways the ratings are seeming to slip a little bit in terms of being as important so maybe that means good things for a show like supergirl because uh, normally these shows don't get massive uh, ratings you know smallville lasted 10 years with an average of about 2.5 million when you average out all the 10 years which just wouldn't be a show that would last on the network. I mean, Constantine got canceled, and uh, and it had, uh, I think, more than that. So I don't know the exact numbers, but I was looking it up before, maybe 2 million, maybe 3 million, somewhere along those lines. And, and now we're in an age where there are superheroes all over the television, and every network seeming to have one. And Netflix has one, and it's going to have more. And So they're not stopping, and they're very popular, and yet some of them still can't make it. So just that it's on, you know, most people assume that a show like Supergirl, Krypton coming up, would have been on the CW because they seem to be the place where all these superhero shows from DC go. But yeah. 
other networks want to get in on it because they do know that it's a popular thing and yeah. that it's a big deal. So hopefully it does well. Hopefully it does. And look, the extended trailer, which we spoke briefly about, was released. It's uh, six and a half minutes long. Um, it, uh, it itself great, garnered great um, viral hits. It, um, it, in one week, it, it had 10 million views on the official uh, CBS released uh, YouTube uh, trailer. Uh, and 10 million views is like in one week is more than some of the shows that CBS uh, get as viewership as you're talking about with ratings and things like that. So it, within one day, I think it was like 5 million or a couple of days, it was, it was 5 million. And then within a week, it was 10 million. So it's uh, obviously got a lot of attention. Uh, it, it gained more view, views than any of the other trailers for pilots uh, coming up in this, you know, in the upfronts that were released for the upcoming season of TV shows. Uh, all the other t- t- new TV shows put together didn't get the same views as the Supergirl trailer did. So that is great news. And bodes well for the success of the show. And I think CBS will see that and think, well, this is fantastic. Well, it's interesting. I showed the trailer to everyone in my family. Mm -hmm. I showed it to my wife, and then I showed it to my older daughter. She's eight. And at the end of it, she said, okay, what was the point of that? Because it didn't, you know, it doesn't have a story and it doesn't continue. It's just a six minute. And I said, well, it's going to be a show. You know, she didn't quite uh, grasp that idea. So we're going to watch it together. You know, we'll see if that happens. But then I showed it to my younger daughter, who was four years old, and she was wrapped to it and Mm -hmm. just watched it and laughed at certain spots and, and was into it. And when it was over, she said, I want to watch that again. And then, uh, you know how the blocks come up when you're done on YouTube and it shows you things that are related. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the speeding bulletins where you have Melissa Benoist uh, eating the Superman cake, the Superman symbol cake <laughs> at the I guess, the rap party. She said, I want to watch the one with the cake because she could see that it was Supergirl <laughs> and she could see that she was – oh, I said, that's, that's not a show. That's a different video. But the show will be coming on. It'll, it, once you go back to school, you know, uh, after the summer's over, you know, not that they're out of school yet, but uh, mm. we'll be watching this show together. And so, I'm, I'm, you know, she was excited about that. So I'm, I'm hoping that'll be the first superhero show that we actually watch together. I've tried to get them to watch The Flash and they get into it for a few minutes and then they kind of lose interest. But maybe because this is a girl and, you know, they're girls, and they, it'll be more exciting and, and they'll actually want to watch it weekly. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that possibility. Mm, well, as I said, I, I did watch the, the leaked pilot and I sat down and asked my wife if she wanted to watch with me. She was a bit reluctant at first. She's not really into superhero shows as much as I am. But uh, she said, all right, let's, let's watch it. You know, there's nothing else on TV. It was a quiet weekend. So we sat down and watched it, and she actually enjoyed it. She laughed at all the parts that I thought she'd laugh at. She thought the, you know, the intro, the, the parts of the Superman uh, cameo were, were cool and, um, you know, and thought it was pretty good. So uh, I thought that was great because she watched a few of the Flash episodes with me early on in the season and then she said to me i oh, look you just continue watching that i'm you know don't wait don't wait for me to watch it just you know i'm not really that worried and um so you know i just continue watching the flash episodes on my own but um hopefully this is one that she'll uh, want to sit down and watch week to week well i'm with her on the flash i mean i watch it because i'm kind of a slave to superhero things i mean i couldn't continue with shield the writing just seemed too stilted to me the acting just seemed too bad i've heard it's gotten better uh with the flash i i don't think i had a choice from from day one they said it was going to be a flash show and i said oh well i guess i'm stuck watching that and i watched it and there are some good episodes and i thought the finale was fantastic but 
it's a little too goofy for me. So that's why I was a little bit concerned about the Supergirl trailer because it's, it's the same people and uh, they've already said that Arrow's going to be more uh, comedic and lighter in tone for the fourth season uh, because they see how much more successful The Flash is and they see that people are liking it. And, and I hear a lot of people saying best, best uh, superhero show on TV is The Flash. And while I disagree... Obviously, the money people who see that it's more successful are going to try and model these other shows to be more like it. So I found myself a little concerned about Supergirl because uh, the thing that bothers me most about The Flash is that kind of it's not so much the lightheartedness. It's the bad humor. It's the campy humor. It's the stuff that I don't really find to be funny. It's, uh, you know, Cisco is not funny to me. He's goofy. He's over the top. And his dialogue is very forced uh, you know him making up these names him saying these terms from comics and things chloe did that to a certain extent on smallville and after a couple of years that got a little old too because it was kind of neat at first the way they did plays on words but then when they ran out of things to do they just kept trying to shoehorn things in that just didn't really make sense coming out of a person's mouth and and when they do that and that's what happens i i think it's been happening with cisco from the very beginning you know when i sit there and i go Oh, that's kind of cool. You know, and this is a little spoiler from about 10 episodes ago, if you haven't watched The Flash yet. Uh, When he puts his hand through him and Cisco has apparently uh, met his demise, I kind of found myself going, oh, that would be good. And then I kind (laughs) of went, but that's kind of mean to say. And I don't really think they're going to let there's no way they're going to let that stand. He wouldn't go out like that on this kind of a goofy show. And I knew that it would be reversed. And and of course it was. And I felt a little bad for a minute because. I don't want to be, you know, give us anybody dead. These are characters on a show. They're not really, you know, but I wanted him off the show. I mean, I don't think he was, I don't think anybody on the show was cast well, first of all. And I think that the writing is, is too goofy. So uh, everybody being involved with it that was already involved with The Flash, this Supergirl show, was a concern of mine to begin with. But having watched the trailer, and I haven't watched the leaked pilot uh, you know i was kind of abstaining from it purposely because of, because of my concerns that not that i'm going to help if i don't watch it that people wouldn't watch the pilot when it actually airs because they've already seen it up to this point um i was staying away from that because i unless it was leaked by the company and that's that's a little shady if it was but they can do that if they want it seems like this should. St- I mean, I, I these kind of things. The 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 Batman Superman trailer being leaked when it was supposed to be this big IMAX event and that kind of ruining their plans. And I know these companies make millions of dollars, and I know we're all peons compared to to them. And and they're like God sitting on thrones as gold piles up, and they complain when a movie makes seven hundred million dollars that that it was a failure. Uh, but. Yet they do put a lot of time and money and effort, and there's a lot of people working on these, and there's a lot of people counting on them to do well. And then somebody goes out and steals footage or steals props or steals things and puts them online, and and everybody watches them for free, and nobody's waiting around, and nobody, you know, the anticipation doesn't have to build because you know every time you turn around, someone's going to steal something and put it online, and you can just watch it there. So, in a sense, I was kind of staying away from watching it because I felt angry that it had happened you know it's not changing my life i'm not breaking things in my house but i was i was i was disappointed that it had happened and so i didn't watch it but having not watched that but watched the trailer i still think the trailer had everything that you need everything that you want to have in a superman themed show uh i thought the pilot of smallville was fantastic i thought it showed a lot of promise and i thought the first couple of seasons were great and there were a lot of great episodes in there but as you know, the, for, for me, the show kind of 
went by the wayside and kind of fell apart and they didn't continue that promise that was presented there. This starts right in. She's already Supergirl. She's flying around. She's punching trucks. She's fighting superhumans in the street. And she's also got that kind of cute, uh, you know, geeky demeanor as Kara when she's not Supergirl. And I think all that works. The plane rescue was fantastic. I mean, it was it was exciting. It was great. You know, a lot of people said, we've already seen this plane. Didn't we see this exact thing in Superman Returns? Uh, similar, I guess. But, I mean, that's what super people do. They stop planes from crashing. It's kind of a big thing. So I just loved everything that they showed me there. I didn't love the stuff at Catco. I didn't love Cat herself. I thought it was a little too chintzy, a little too goofy, a little too silly. You've seen the episode. How far do they go with that without giving everything away? And and does it continue from there, or, or are those moments kind of sparse and what we already saw? Well, um, the Catco part of it, I don't mind. Look, as opposed to you, um, I like the not the goofiness, but I like the lightheartedness and the, you know the, the 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 fact that the Flash is you know not taking itself so seriously as say the Arrow did. Um, I kind of stopped watching Arrow halfway through season two. Uh, stopped watching Gotham halfway through its first season. I like the light, the more lighthearted superhero stuff. Um, you know, I, I like the, the gritty stuff and the dark stuff, and I like the serious stuff. I like Man of Steel. Uh, but I, just for some reason, I, 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 you know, find superhero, you know, the humor and that, I, I, I kind of, uh, I'm, I'm drawn to it uh, more than, say, you might be. But um, so the f- fact that the Supergirl is probably more in line with where the Flash is as far as its tone um, is something that I like. Um, while there are goofy lines and some stuff that you go, oh, you groan at instead of laugh at, um, there are going to be people who are going to laugh at that. You know, not everyone's going to like everything the same. But um, the Catco stuff kind of gave me a vibe of, of um, the Devil Wears Prada movie. You know, that kind of relationship between her and her boss, and uh, and you know that that kind of goes all right for for the Kara as a character. Um, you know, I don't really like Cat Grant the way she's portrayed. But I guess that's the point, is that she's supposed to be this gruff type of obnoxious character who uh, Supergirl, as Kara, has to work for. And uh, so that's her daily grind. is not necessarily something that she really loves to do. And that's why she becomes Supergirl and finds this outlet through doing the stuff that she's able to do as Supergirl. Um, so it's not as much a part of the episode as you... As you know, um, as, as other stuff, so it's not grating. Uh, if you don't like the the, the cat co kind of stuff, um, it it isn't a major part of the episode. Cat Grant is in it for a, a bit, but not a major part of it. Um, all in all, it, it's kind of it's well balanced. I think the episode um, it does start get dragged down a little bit when this villain comes into it, and you get into the DEO stuff, and uh, the trailer doesn't give you. Uh, the spoiler that most people think it does. People say, oh, I watched the pilot and uh, it's basically everything that's in the trailer that, you know, the trailer pretty much tells the episode. But actually it doesn't because the whole DEO stuff was a bit of a surprise to me um, as to how uh, Supergirl and her sister and the DEO are all connected. Uh, I think that was played out pretty well. Uh, So all in all, uh, I think the trailer was a great tease, as it's supposed to be, even though it's six and a half minutes long and the episode itself is like 42 or 46 minutes long. Um, it gives you an idea of what to expect without actually giving it all away. Uh, most of the stuff that's in the trailer is pretty much towards the front of the episode, uh, all the Superman, the Danvers, all that kind of stuff. 
Uh, you see it pretty heavily in the trailer, and um, that's as it should be because that's the origin of Supergirl and giving you a bit of a background of how she came to Earth and all that kind of stuff. And, and that's played out well in the episode itself too. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm definitely interested in seeing it. I love the trailer. I did watch it several times. And, you know, the third or fourth viewing, the stuff that bothered me didn't bother me as much anymore. Uh, that's not going to be helpful during an episode viewing because I'm going to see it once and it's going to bother me as it bothers me. But, um, you know, I like The Flash. I watch it. I'm going to continue watching it. I like humor. I'm fine with that. It's some of the stilted dialogue and stuff mm. that just seems clunky and stuff where you go, wah, wah, and you kind of roll your eyes and <laughs> sigh. That I'm not looking for. If they could clean that up and just kind of uh, uh, you know, make it, it could be funny. Uh, funny is good. But, you know, everybody finds funny in different ways exactly. and in different places. And some people are going to find something funny. Uh, obviously, a lot of people are going to find things funny that I don't find funny. I've, I've heard a lot of people say they love Cisco. I just don't. <laughs> I haven't found anything he's. I might have laughed once or twice at him, and that's you know twenty three episodes or whatever. But uh, you know they try to make him laughable in every episode, and the problem is, is it laughable or is it laughable? You know, yeah, is no, it laughable because it's funnier, or are you laughing at the character because he's a goofball? And uh, for me, it's more of the goofball thing. And I think Flash has kind of come into his own a little bit. Initially, I didn't think the casting was great. He's still a little too young. Everybody on the show is a little too young. And maybe I'm just becoming an old, crotchety old man. But <laughs> even when you look at the original Flash TV series, the guy who plays his father on Flash now, mm-hmm. he was older at that point. He wasn't a young... This kid barely looked like he was out of high school. He's just very... Everybody on it, just very, very young looking. And maybe when you compare the ages, they're a lot closer than in my memory seems to tell me, but I, I felt like he was a man in that show where he's kind of a kid in this. And and Clark was a kid in Smallville, but he was supposed to be. That mm-hmm. We were seeing in a high school. Well, this is a grown man who has somehow become a, a police chemist. And and, uh, and these scientists, I mean, how could they, how, how much far from high school could they possibly be that they're <laughs> that they're these esteemed scientists? And, the, you know, the oldest guy in the cast is, is Wells. I mean, I don't know. Uh, but I still like it, and I still watch it, and so complain, 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 but still watch the show anyway because there are good parts there, and there are good things about it. So yeah. I'm hoping Supergirl is a little better than that and, and a little less of the chintzy stuff, uh, but I'm going to watch it anyway. So Cool. I guess right. It doesn't really matter to keep harping on it because here I am going on and on, but I'm going to end up watching it anyway. So Yeah, I think most of us will be, and even those people who – you know, say they think it's cheesy or, you know, they don't like it, um, we'll probably end up watching it just to see how it pans out and how it grows because I'm sure uh, things will improve or, you know, will, will grow as they will as after the pilot episode. So, And I thought the special effects were very well done uh, for a TV budget as well. They look great in the trailer, the ones they showed. Mm. So, uh, all right, well, let's move away from TV uh, because that's pretty much everything... That's surrounding the Supergirl uh, TV pilot at this stage. I'm sure we'll get more as November gets closer. Uh, So let's move into some comic book chat. Um, We have had a number of titles since our last podcast that were outside of the Convergence saga that's been going on, and we'll get to Convergence in a second. But uh, Superman number 40 came out this past month, and that was a, a story that was a comic that was written and drawn by John Romita Jr., it uh, sees Superman. Ex- Sorry, what was that? 
You can tell. You can tell. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, an issue that sees Superman uh, exploring his uh, solar flare power with the Justice League. Uh, they're you know talking, they're kind of doing tests with him, uh, seeing how it works, seeing how power, how, you know, how long his power comes back until it's full powered again. Uh, they uh, he uses a solar flare, which kind of takes things out more than they expected, and then they all go out for drinks and dinner, and Superman gets drunk. Yeah, great. Uh, you know, Batman ugh, in this is the very beginning. Is like Batman, the stand-up comedian, which I've never, <laughs> ever seen in any Batman story, in any Batman interpretation. Is this something that Justice League readers are looking for or that Batman readers are looking for? I mean, Superman's been terrible since Romita was involved. Uh, Jeff Johns did a story, and most people get excited when Jeff Johns is doing a story, and it wasn't that great. And now you got Batman cracking jokes. And then he, you know, he grasps naked Superman's face like John Travolta at the Oscars, and he starts making crazy commentary on what's going on. And, and again, we see Superman as the butt of the joke, uh, getting drunk and seeming to become a complete idiotic buffoon as he deals with his powers, like uh, saying things and yelling out that he has powers in the middle of the bar and just just acting like a, a complete idiot and uh you know he he says he hopes his mouthwash doesn't upset his stomach and you don't drink mouthwash you you swish it around and you spit it out so i don't even know what that was about and we see simplistic art and writing continue here and it makes sense i didn't even look but now that you say it, it now i see why the writing and the art was overly simplistic and, and and just not very good and why doesn't superman know what cannolis are <laughs> I agree. I don't know why he doesn't know. He just seems like a complete idiot. And they're trying, like, the whole thing in the Thor movie when he first came to Earth, where he doesn't understand uh, beer or tea or that you're not supposed to smash your glass. That kind of stuff was kind of funny because he was from another realm and he had never been on Earth before. Superman is not brand. He didn't just step out of the freaking ship. He's been here. <laughs> he was raised as an Earthling. He was raised by Martha and Jonathan Kent. It makes no sense. And and maybe they weren't ready for this. And John Romita Jr. just had to take over because Jeff Johns went to do better things or, or he got tired of whatever. I don't know what the deal was, why that partnership broke up so quickly, why the long-term Superman team was already over. But maybe they just had to rush into a story here. And the arts rushed, as it usually is, with Romita. And now we got his writing, too. And it doesn't seem like he understands any of the characters. Batman doesn't act like that. Superman doesn't act like that. I don't, you know, this this is a Superman story. And it's just not, not good. I mean, I don't know. And at the end there, you see Superman, the photo of Superman bleeding from particular, his right side of his face with his um, left eye bruised and then... Lois is looking at the screens, looks at Clark, who's got a, exactly the same patch on his, exactly where Superman's bleeding, with her sunglasses covering his, you know, busted up eye, and she makes the connection. I guess. I mean, <laughs> I guess. I didn't, I, 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 I read it, and I said, I guess that's what they're trying to show us, but I think I only know that because we know she's that. about to out him in the comics. Yeah, that's it, right. But other than that, I mean, it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't incredibly clear that that's what was going on there, but nothing really in this story was incredibly clear. clear. No. Um, but I guess that takes us up to the next issue that was also 
released this past month, and that was Justice League number 40. And um, what did you make of Justice League number 40? I'm trying to re- recollect what it, what Here's it what I don't understand. What I don't understand is how DC or anybody at editorial or anybody involved in the release of these books can look at Justice League 40 right next to a copy of Superman 40 and say, let's release both these books in the same month or at all together, ever. It's like... Chalk and cheese. It's, yeah, exactly. It's, 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 you know, Superman 40 is, is cheesecloth and Justice League 40 is artwork and it's beauteous to look at and it's a very interesting start of the story. It's the Dark Side War coming mm-hmm. up. Uh, we get to see Dark Side, who's always been a badass, and it's cool to see. We see Metron in there. We see the Anti Light Monitor, or whoever it is. We see all these big things going on, and the art looks beautiful on every panel. And I was kind of worried because going into the story, if I remember correctly, I read that they had five different artists, and it was like page one through six was this artist, and page seven through 12 was this art. And every time I see that, I go, it's going to take me out of the story because as soon as I get to the page where it's a new artist, I'm going to go, this doesn't look like he looked just a minute ago. Mm. But I didn't notice at all. I read the story and it flowed perfectly and the story was perfect and the art looked wonderful. And I don't even think Superman was on a page. Oh, yeah. There's, but there's a big uh, spread of, um, you know, a different era of Superman, Superman with his red trunks, there's the Superman fighting Superboy. Right, right, right. And there's, yeah, so... Because they're talking about convergence. That's right, they're uh, talking that's about gonna ha- it's, it's past gonna crises. And, right. Yeah. Right, right. But, the, I mean, the Superman, the current Superman, no, or no, it's, no, and it's not a story about Superman, no, it's exactly. a story about the start of this war. Yep. And uh, I enjoyed every page of it, and I thought it looked wonderful, and, um, I, you know... I don't understand the dichotomy between the two. And it's a great I understand the whole thing. The we were saying before, you know, some people will find things humorous that other people don't or whatever. I don't know who is comparing these two things and going, oh, yeah, I like both of these. Mm. It's no, very hard to do when you when you release them and they're supposed to be in the same kind of line and the same product and you're supposed to be kind of getting the same quality, I guess. I don't know. No, I don't understand it either. Um, But as you said, Justice League number 40 was a great uh, setup uh, for the Dark Side War, which looks very interesting. It looks like a massive story. And, um, you know, Jeff Johns uh, seems to be uh, on uh, on the mark here again with another great story. Let's hope that it plays out as well as the prologue uh, setup seems to be. Yeah, I mean, hopefully uh, his Superman story fell flat, but uh, mm. he seems to be good at these, some of these Justice League stories. So uh, it's very interesting. What I did uh, want to ask you is, did you notice something that happened in the battle with Metron that I missed? Because two panels earlier, he says he can't be affected. You know I can't be affected as long as I'm in this chair. But then two panels later, he gets hit and he's on the ground and and he's, he's being affected. If he can't be affected, how was he affected? Okay, I'm just scanning through the pages now. Yeah, while well, he's in the chair. Okay, something... Uh, he was I think it was the other Amazon hit him, I guess, with some sort of electricity. But if he's in the chair, doesn't matter if she catches him from behind or from the side or from above or from below. It doesn't matter what she does, he's in the chair. Unless that's untrue. And he can be affected in the chair, but... It seems like an interesting contradiction because it's very close to right after he says, I can't be a fake. He didn't get up. He wasn't out of the chair. He was still in the chair. 
and yet he's yeah, not just up. yeah, he seems to fall out of the chair because of what happened to him. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure what was it a mind attack and uh, something that made him you know fall out of his chair, and then of course he's out of his chair, he's he's vulnerable. Um, yeah, once he's on the ground, but yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe it was. It wasn't clear as to exactly what it was that no, hit him. It wasn't hundred percent clear. He, he kind of screams. Uh, he's yep. in pain or whatever. There's electricity around him, and then he's on the ground. Hmm. But uh, you don't have it on the list here. But uh, there was a Divergence comic book that we didn't talk about. I guess it was Free Comic Book Day. Yeah, correct. Uh, the Divergence comic book, uh, Free Comic Book Day um, uh, offering from DC Comics. And it had uh, a number of stories in there uh, that are not necessarily um, previews or sneak peeks at upcoming comics, but rather stories that will set up or are you know told within the context of the books that are coming out in June. And yeah. the the one in there is the one we kind of mentioned a little bit earlier about Lois outing uh, Clark Kent as Superman. It kind of it's in the middle of the story, so it's hard to you know. Which is why we looking at Superman number forty in that last panel. We know that Lois is obviously making the connection that Clark and Superman are one and the same because uh, here we have the the divergent story where it's already done. Uh, Lois has already added Superman as Clark Kent, and he's trying to deal with that ram the ramifications of that. Yeah, I found it was strange because. It's clearly already happened, and yet we didn't see it happen yet, which I guess is, is still going to come about in the in the main books. And I guess, I guess it's a good way with a free comic book. You know, people who come out and don't care about DC or don't care about Superman or whatever get this free book and maybe read that story and then go, oh, uh, this is going to happen. Maybe I'll pick it up and see why or yeah, see well, how. Yeah. And I guess that's what it's kind of like an advertisement. It wasn't. Um, again, the art was bad on the mm. Superman story. Mm. Uh, maybe on all the stories. Um, I thought Commissioner Gordon, I mean, I don't read Batman very much, but he didn't look much like any Commissioner Gordon I ever remember seeing when they reveal that he's the one getting in the new suit. Uh, but it was weird. And then, of course, the I don't know if it was Romita again, but it looked really Romita-ish and bad. And then with the, when you find out that it's already been revealed and we haven't found out why or how, then I guess I started to realize, well, this is kind of like an advertisement to try and get people who wouldn't be reading it to maybe say, well, that seems really interesting. Batman's going to be in a robotic suit with machine guns on it, and it's going to be Commissioner Gordon, so maybe I'll read it. Or uh, Lois Lane you know, told the whole world who Superman is, so maybe I'll read it. Uh, I get it, I guess. Mm. Yeah, I didn't get to read the whole Divergence book because I, uh, I'm a digital reader these days, so I didn't get to the comic book store. But a week after it was released, uh, DC Comics have then released the digital versions of those or, or two weeks later or whatever it was so you can still read those digitally if you didn't get them uh, at the time from your comic book store uh so it is hard to kind of judge how that will play out that that divergent story because we haven't actually seen superman number 41 yet at the time of this recording to be able to judge how the beginning of this new truth arc will play out in the superman the main superman titles um We've we've panned it a little bit. A lot of fans have kind of given a lot of their comments about it, looking at the solicitations for June and August, June and July. Sorry, I think we've already got August as well. So uh, looking at uh, some of the stuff that is coming out in the next couple of months, looking at the titles, the covers. It's you know Superman on a motorbike, Superman 
wearing a t-shirt, jeans, a buzz cut. We've spoken about it at length already about our feelings on what what it might be. But uh, until we actually read it with Superman number 41 and onwards, uh, it's hard to judge at this point in time. But it seems like there is no way back for Clark Kent. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't know unless they again restart Reset. the universe or whatever it is they're doing with this convergence and then the, the dark side war and two sides of super powered beings, even more super powered than Superman fighting each other and having to do with, you know, Metron saying that the universe is in danger. It can't come apart anymore. And these kinds of things seems like they're trying to get us ready for another major change or another major shift or something along those lines. But who knows if they're actually going to do that along these lines we had a sneak peek of i guess action comics where uh, we see what's going to sort of come about as to why superman's going to lose his powers it's not clear as to how it's happening but 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 leading from superman i guess it's a sneak peek of superman 41 i'm not certain exactly but seeing him lose his powers he's already his powers are wonky as we saw in superman mm-hmm. 40 and now he's having more difficulty and he's fighting all these strange undead looking creatures and he's trying to make his way to the fortress to find out what's going on and when he gets there the fortress it doesn't recognize him, him yeah. and takes his suit away i find it very interesting you know, most people are complaining that Superman doesn't ride a motorcycle and doesn't wear a T-shirt and doesn't have a crew cut and doesn't beat people up with bloody fists. Um, I find it interesting because my whole rap on this, and it's been from the beginning when any ever, ever anything has changed, is that it's another day in the life. It's another adventure. It's another never-ending battle. You know, it's going on. This is what happens in his life because these are spectacular beings and they have spectacular things happen to them, whereas the rest of us wear our normal clothes and go to work every day and come home and watch some TV and go to bed. These people do amazing things and have amazing things happen to them all the time. So the fact that he's losing his powers for a while and changing his look for a while isn't really that unsettling to me. It's actually kind of interesting. Not that I want him to be powerless. Not that I'm one of these people who think you can't write interesting Superman stories because he's too powerful, but because I think it's interesting to find out why it's happening, how it's happening, how he's going to deal with it, and how he's going to come out of it on the other side. Hmm. And that's what's going to happen. I mean, anybody that's listening right now, be, be assured by me, even though I don't know exactly what they're doing, that I feel almost 100% certain that that's what's going to happen. I mean, it's going to be a story. There's going to be a reason for it. You're going to like it or you're not. And then at the end of it, there's going to be a triumphant return and we're going to see great things. Now, that being said, the new 52 has been a disappointment for most people that I talk to, myself included. But I wasn't close to it at the beginning. I read it. I've, I've still been reading it. I read it for this podcast. I read the, And I just haven't been that impressed by really any of the Superman stuff that's come out of it. Uh, the Justice League stuff is probably the best stuff, um, and, and and at times, I guess, action has been okay. So I'm just as happy to see things change as I am to read the story and hope that it's good, because yeah. it hasn't yet really done much for me. No, I think that's the point, too. A lot of people are saying... Well, it's all well and good to see a story like this. You know, we saw it in 97 with the electric Superman. You know, as you said, it's going to go something that's a change, something different. How's he going to deal with it? How's he going to come out the other end? And yes, he did come out the other end. We had the Superman Forever, Alex Ross cover, all that kind of stuff. And he was back to his normal powers. 
I think the problem with that, with this time around, is that leading up to this point in time, he hasn't been the normal Superman or he hasn't been the Superman. The stories haven't been that great for them to be able to do this kind of a big change kind of thing because, you know, we're leading to a point where people are going, I just want to get Superman back. We haven't had him and now here we are. We're not going to get him. Still, we're not going to get him. You know, so there's kind of been that that kind of, oh, here we go again attitude from fans saying, it just, we, you know, when are we going to get good Superman stories rather than Superman always being outside the the normal Superman, you know, uh, that we know and love. Yeah, that's understandable. And, and I hope that maybe whatever this leads to we'll leads us to that. some of that. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying it, it has to be any specific version of Superman, right. but, exactly. you know, a Superman that does what Superman does and maybe some of his supporting characters act the way his supporting characters act. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we have some good stories. That's what people are really looking for. And I don't think it matters as long as you're writing good stories, how you do it. But there just hasn't been that many good stories in the Superman realm since the New 52 started. And and a lot of people had problems with it before the New 52 mm, started. Because sure. I guess they ended with Grounded, and that, that wasn't kind of really well-received. So yeah. it's just been a long time since there's been a really good, good Superman consistent story. Superman stories. Yeah. That's, that's what the problem is. Now, uh, looking at Convergence uh, as a whole, um, we've had all these different titles, Adventures of Superman, Action Comics, Superman, uh, Man of Steel, there's the Suicide Squad, there's Booster Gold, there's all different stories where Superman or Supergirl or Superboy is involved in some capacity and from different eras, different versions, different timelines, uh, different Earths. It, it, some of the stories have been really good. Others seem to be rushed. Others seem to kind of just be done because... They can do them. Some lead into the main Convergence title, which has been up and down and not really that consistent or that good. But all in all, some of them have just been nice to be able to see these characters, what they've been up to or how they're reacting to different circumstances and get some Superman, Superboy, Supergirl action that we haven't really had in a while. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, like you say, it's a mixed bag. I mean, a lot of the books are... Strange. I didn't care for the Justice League book at all. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really Justice League to me. I mean, no. it was a bunch of characters that I don't really know that much about, and uh, which is okay. I guess maybe a lot of people do know about those characters, but it's no Justice League I remember. Uh, the Supergirl Matrix one I thought was horrible. I thought both of them were horrible. Uh, you do like a lot of the comedic things, so maybe it went over better for you. I don't remember Matrix Supergirl being involved with Ambush Bug. I don't remember her hating Lex Luthor. In my memory, was she was in love one. with him, yeah. and that was the reason she was there. Uh, now she beats him bloody. I, I, you know, it just seemed everything seemed strange and out of character in the whole "ain't I a stinker" thing and all that stuff. I, I, what that is I didn't Fackley? like really at all. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Um, it's uh, it's uh, sealant. It's like uh, you you put it in a crack in the wall. It, it okay. goes in your goes in your drywall. You use a spatula. You, you, you spray it out, and then you and then you sand it down, and then you paint over it. And it's supposed yeah. to be smooth and unnoticeable that it was, um, you know. And, and so, being that she's like a creature of clay or whatever, when she's the Matrix right. uh, Supergirl, I, I guess yeah. that could be an apt description of what she might smell like. <laughs> Um, unfortunate for her, I guess, but, um, yeah, it was a strange story. And then you had uh, the lady who, you know, they went to the Legion of superheroes and it was just weird and it was supposed to be weird. I think along those same lines, we got a sneak peek of the peak of the new bizarro book, which 
which I posit will be one of the first canceled in the new age, um, that was along the same lines. And the art was bad, and the character was bad, and the backwards writing was bad, and nothing really seemed right about Bizarro at all. And I can't imagine anybody is clamoring for a Bizarro book. I want more Superman books just like anybody else does, but I don't know that anybody wants a Bizarro book. Maybe they're... Some of these things a lot of times seem to me they're going maybe for for younger readers, and that's kind of a, the way the art looks and the way the guy talks and things. Well, maybe that's going to appeal to – go ahead. The Bizarro book's only a limited series, so it's not an ongoing series. It oh, will okay, only good. have a certain amount of defined issues, and so uh, it definitely won't get cancelled because it will only continue for the run that it's uh, set to go for. I thought it was one of the new 24 books. That well, they're... it is, but it's only, I've, as I've been told, or as I've read, only a limited run, so whether or not someone, another writer will take on – the title after the initial run, I don't know, but I, I know that it's a limited run to start with. Uh, I'm not sure about the Doomed book, if that's also just a limited run. But um, all in all, Convergence to me, just getting back on track quickly, is uh, a bit up and down, as I was saying. I would like to see this final issue kind of resolve everything. Uh, we have up until this point read issue number seven. So number eight, which is the final issue, I believe, uh, will come out after this podcast is released. And so maybe we can look back next month at Convergence as a whole and see whether or not it really was something that we needed to have or whether it was just a fill-in in the two months that DC Comics needed to get from New York to, to L.A. Yeah, I mean, maybe that is really what it was. It never really occurred to me, but it does seem like there, it's not really – There's not. there doesn't seem to be a beginning – and an end. It seems like you know we go into all these two issue things, and they start already in the middle, and they end without there being a resolution. Uh, the one where Superman and Lois have a baby just kind of ended. So I go, okay, well it was a sweet ending, but do they live? Do they die? Is this going to continue? What exactly is going to happen at this point? And I guess we're going to find that out in one issue of the Convergence title proper, which only has one issue to go, and yet. I don't feel like we've really gotten anywhere, and I don't understand why it happened to begin with, and I don't understand why some guy named Deimos or Demos that no one's ever heard of, that has no importance in the DC world as far as I know, was the only person who was able to free Brainiac, who was one of the big bads in the DC universe. That, that I just don't get it. I don't understand how he has that power or why Brainiac needs him to free him or why he's trapped by this guy or who this guy is. I've never heard of him. Yeah, no, it, it wasn't a character that I was familiar with. I think um, it's from some other uh, um, property that DC also now publish, and um, so it wasn't a character that I was familiar with. Um, I, I know Michael Bailey was a bit more familiar with him when I chatted with him last time uh, about uh, you know who Deimos was, and and um, you know I'm still not clear on on the character so it you know for a DC comics reader who knows you know the Justice League characters and all that kind of stuff uh Deimos was a, you know was threw me for a loop I didn't know who he was what his powers were how he could do what he was doing uh, why he was doing what he was doing it, uh, at, like you I was confused by it but um some of the convergence titles like Adventures of Superman lead directly into uh, the main Convergence titles, I know Supergirl and Superman, uh, you know, are then involved in Convergence number six after Adventures of Superman number two, the Convergence title. Uh, so, you know, that played well, but some of the other ones, as you say, just are left on their own to, you know, tie up after the second issue and that's it. Uh, we've got two issues of, of their story and uh, we don't really know much more about them or hear anything more about them. And 
um, while it was nice to see them for that kind of time, it kind of felt a bit empty. Yeah, and were there these Zoo Crew books? I mean, did they really, uh, not that we're looking for them, but did they really do a two-issue arc of a bunny and his friends flying I, around? I guess they did. Did they? I mean, I, I, I know that that was advertised, but I don't know if it was for real or if those were just things that existed and we were getting told about them or if they actually did two books. And who bought those? I mean, are there people? If they're there, are they really people who bought those? Let us know if you read those ones out there. Our listeners, yeah. Uh, we interested to hear because we only did <laughs> That'll be our next that connected to Superman. Your bonus question. Uh, what did you think <laughs> of the Zoo Crew uh, releases? All right. So that is where we're at with the uh, comic books. Um, all the reviews are up on the website for the ones that uh, we have reviewed. So make sure you do check them out if there was a particular title that you were interested in or you wanted to read about the main Convergence title. Uh, all those are up on the website. And thank you to our team who do such a great job of reviewing our books on a weekly basis. All right, uh, DC Comics did launch a new campaign leading up to the end of uh, Convergence and leading into what will be happening after that in June onwards, and that is a DCU, uh, DCYOU, as in you, you and me, uh, DCU campaign. Um, a lot of fans who responded to this didn't respond kindly. They said they didn't think that, uh, you know, that this seemed to be more of, um, I don't know, you know, an empty promise. Yeah, I mean, it seems like more of the same as you were talking before. Is it is it really going to be a uh, great Superman story that ends with him being triumphant and, and, and coming into his own again at the end? Or, or are we just going to get more of the same, more of the not Superman, more of the different Superman? You know, one of the ads they've come up with for DCU is the glasses are off for good. Are you ready? DCU. And it's Superman with his glasses on, but his clothes burned off. And uh, I guess the glasses are off for good, but you know, Electric Superman was meant to be, or at least they announced him as being a for good. And I kind of figured from the beginning that it wasn't going to be. Uh, it's hard to tell where they're going here. I don't believe that the new 52 was as successful as it seemed like it might be from the start. Uh, things have dropped off. Uh, Superman books haven't really been popular for quite some time. And I know they're trying to shade things up. I know they're trying to do different things. I know they're trying to get new readers. And, you know, maybe advertising that in a comic shop, if, if somebody sees it who always thought Superman was lame because he wore glasses and no one knew who he was or whatever, being that he's outed and that now everyone knows who Superman is, maybe they'll go, oh, maybe it'll be cool now. Or look, he's on a motorcycle. How cool is that? I don't know. But I agree to an extent, and I and I definitely feel their pain when they say, that it seems like an empty promise or that it's really not what they're saying that it is in terms of being geared toward you or me or them or us or people that, you know, uh, taglines like, are you ready to laugh? Eh, are you ready to hashtag this? Are you ready for the new awesome? And I guess <laughs> I mean, if, it's gonna, if it's really going to be all those things. Um, but, uh, it is, a lot of times it seems like they're trying too hard. Yeah. Like 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 with Cisco's dialogue, it just seems like they're <laughs> just trying too hard and failing. You know, you try so hard and yet it doesn't really come off all that well. And maybe this will be the next great thing, but it almost seems like it's another new Fifty Two. Like we're starting over again. Now Batman looks like this, and now Superman looks like this, and the new Batman's going to be Gordon and. 
and the Batman after that's going to be a new god, and Superman's going to be on a motorcycle. And I just, you know, it's weird. I, I like the idea of changes to the status quo. I like the idea of seeing another story, of seeing something big happen, of seeing why he loses his powers, as I said before, why Gordon is the new Batman. I guess I guess I read that Batman perished in the sewers in his final battle with the Joker or whatever. Bruce Wayne Batman. So now they have to use Gordon in a, in a new type of a bat suit. And it doesn't look like Gordon to me, but okay, okay I guess he's Gordon. And now he's going to be Batman for a while. And then Batman's going to come back and somehow be one of the new gods he's in like a glowing regular bat suit but it has glowing lines on it and he's saying he sees everything and, and more than ever he understands now and for batman readers that might be an interesting story and here's the thing about batman for me i feel like his fans have been the least slighted with the new 52 because he got to keep his history he got to keep his uh, friends. He got to keep the people that were in his life. He got to keep all his Robins and Alfred's still there and everything is still the same. And yet with Superman, both parents dead, no connection to humanity. He's, he's much more an alien. He doesn't understand what cannoli is. He's, he's very, very different from what people like about Superman. A lot of, a lot of what goes on and, you know, even the conversations between Batman and Superman are a lot of times, we see that Superman is the more human of the two characters, even though Batman is human and Superman isn't. Batman has kind of given up on his connections to humanity because he has to be dark and he has to be serious. And he's lost a lot in his life. And, and Superman tries to bring him back into that humanity by being his friend and by being involved with him and by showing him that there is hope and there is goodness in the world and there is light. And it doesn't always have to be Batman. But uh, but but Batman didn't have to change for that, and the fans got to keep their cool Batman who had done all these cool things, whereas Superman had to be torn apart and changed. And, and part of that could very well be because Superman's not that popular a character anymore, as I have been saying for a while, and his books don't sell near as well as Batman books. So they're trying to do something crazy. They're trying to do something strange. They're trying to shake things up to maybe get people who don't think Superman is cool to say, oh, look, he is cool. Even when he doesn't have powers, he he, he, he puts bandanas around his hands because they're going to get cut when he's punching, and he punches people into submission, or he you know, uses his brute strength even though he has no superpowers anymore to get things done, and he's still trying to be a superhero even though he doesn't have superpowers. And That I like. I like that idea. I like the idea that Clark wouldn't give up even though he's lost everything, even though his identity is known to the world, and even though he has no powers. And what's the deal? Is this like a Lobo thing where Lobo, the new 52 Lobo, came out and said this poser's been going around with his dumb leather jacket and his you know, tattooed body and saying he's Lobo, but he's not really Lobo. I'm really Lobo. So is that what we're going to get here, that this person – who lost both Martha and Jonathan Kent when he was younger is not the real Superman and that he's been in disguise somehow. And maybe he doesn't even know that he's not. So for four years, five years, we've been reading somebody who wasn't really Superman, but has kind of done a pretty good job of uh, thinking he was Superman. And yet all of the fans all this time who've been saying, this is no Superman that I know this isn't my Superman are end up being right because they've been reading a, uh, not a super, not Superman, and we're going to find out that the real Superman has been trapped somewhere, or 
he's going to come back. He's going to have his red trunks again, and he's going to have the normal suit that we all love, and he's going to have his regular hair again, and, and maybe he's going to be in love with Lois again. Or, But that would mean that Lois has to change too, and that all these other characters have to change too from what they've been since the launch of the New 52. And with all that being said, after Batman goes through this phase where Gordon's Batman for a while, and then Bruce comes back, and then he's a new god for a while, and then that storyline ends, Batman goes back to status quo, being cool, badass Batman in his black and gray or whatever suit he decides to wear and everybody gets to continue with the story because all the Robins still existed and everything still went great but now here we are again with Superman who lost everything, changed everything and is now kind of back to where he was before but what are we actually going to see? I mean, Are we just going to continue along the lines where Lois and Clark were married? Are we going to see a new Superman again? Are we going to get Jonathan and Martha back? Or, or is anything, you know, have they been saying that when this convergence is over, you know, we're seeing a glimpse into these other universes and other versions of our favorite characters. But when all of this is over, the, the you know, the new 52 line is going to continue. Even though we're taking the new 52 off the books, we're still going to continue with those storylines and with that continuity. So I don't know if it's going to continue this way. I mean, it's unclear right now with all these new campaigns DC is launching and all these new books DC is launching and everything that's going on and all the changes that are happening to Superman. Are they really going to go all the way through this and then go right back to Superman the way he was in the new 52? Or are we going to actually see a combination of some of these multiverse Supermans that we've been seeing during Convergence? I don't know exactly what they're going for, but I know as Steve you were saying mm-hmm. that people are kind of growing tired of seeing all these changes happen. And then we kind of get back to another series of changes and then yeah. we go again through a series of changes and we never kind of get to a place where we can just be comfortable reading a Superman story where we feel like we're reading a Superman story and where we're getting what we want. Yeah, no, you're hundred percent right. No. Uh, so it's, it's frustrating for some fans and, I guess uh, you know we'll we'll know where things are at once this big truth arc takes place in the main Superman titles, and uh, until we get there, we we can speculate, we can make our own comments, we can look at the artwork, we can look at the sneak peeks, and form an opinion. But we really can't, uh, you know, definitively say one way or the other whether this will be a good story until we've actually read it. And so, uh, like you, I'll be giving it a chance, uh, checking it out. Uh, seeing what it's like, and uh, I guess the proof will be in the pudding. As always. As always, we shall see. Now, the other announcement that DC Comics made this uh, past month was that this whole concept of the bomb DC bombshells, we've seen these you know, variant covers of, you know, like World War II style uh, posters of the characters in, in um, you know, and they look fantastic, but it'll actually be a series uh, based on Superman, uh, sorry, Supergirl, Wonder Woman, uh, and Batwoman, I think, or maybe it's Batgirl. I'm not sure what they're going with for this. Set in the World War II era, and it will be a, a mini series, I guess, uh, for this concept, as well as variant, more variant covers that will take place in August uh, for that whole DC bombshells concept. But an interesting idea of creating its own its own title. Yeah, I love the look of these. I love, uh, you know, looking at the uh, August solicitations with the Bombshells number one picture uh, where they have uh, your your Batgirl, Wonder Woman, and Supergirl on the cover. 
we've seen these statues and I like them. Mm. I've been tempted to buy them a number of times. And now we're going to see a uh, full story going on in this World War II era. And sometimes they can be fun. You know, I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've read those kind of things before, uh, watch movies that were variants of, of a different timeline, that kind of thing. People seem to like different timelines and different universes and different things that happen. So I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that they've got two women called Marguerite who are writing and, and, and doing the artistic duties on this. Marguerite Bennett is the writer and Marguerite Savage is the artist uh, on board this DC Bombshells um, feature. And uh, we look forward to seeing what that's like. I think it's, uh, it's good to do, do these kinds of different things and setting... I mean, Wonder Woman really... Uh, is a World War Two type character, isn't she? I mean, a lot of the time, that's where her origins lie. Just like with Superman, sometimes you know, particular fans really like him in that 1940s era. So, um, you know, Wonder Woman lends herself to that time period. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see her back in that time period again in this obviously non-continuity. Yeah tied in uh, episodes of uh, whatever it is that goes on there. And, and how long is the series supposed to run? Is it? Uh, good question. I, I know it's only a limited series. I haven't actually, um, I think I have to go to the solicitations to find that out, but um, it, it is only a limited run. I'm just opening, is it August? We'll see this. Uh, DC pom- Bombshells. Um, where are we? Bombshells, bombshells, bombshells. Here we go. Uh, it's it's this the ultra popular statues from DC collectibles comes to life in their on ongoing comic book series. Learn the story behind this alternate reality where the World War, Second World War, is fought by superpowered women on the front lines and behind the scenes. It all begins with the stories of Batwoman, Wonder Woman, and Supergirl. Uh, doesn't say in that how many issues it will be, but um, I, I did read somewhere that it was a limited run. Okay. Well, I mean, that could be all right because it's probably not something that needs to be ongoing. ongoing and, no. and a lot of times, something with a finite ending is, is good because you you get to the you get through the story and mm. and, and it ends. You know, and it's it's good to, to actually have a beginning, a middle, and an end as opposed to a lot of these ongoings that just they, they there's a lot of filler and there's a lot of stuff that isn't really necessary. So yep. that could be good. So I, I I like something like that. So I think I'm gonna read that one. Cool. And before we move into the big questions segment of our show, the other news I wanted to mention is that uh, June, just coming up, so our next podcast won't be until the end of June. Uh, During June will be the Superman celebration in Metropolis, Illinois. We've spoken previously about the special guests who will be attending there this year. Uh, You can add Candice Patton from The Flash, who plays Iris. She will be another special guest at this year's Superman celebration. There was a few comments, well, oh, she's not in a Superman show. She's not been in anything Superman-related. Why is she going there? Just like the, uh, what's her name, that plays Black Canary uh, in Arrow is also a special guest there this year. Um, They haven't always had only Superman guests. Uh, A couple of years ago, um, they had Miss Numa, who played uh, Catwoman in the old um, uh, Adam West Batman TV series. Uh, she was a special guest there one year when I was there. I think it might have been back in even 2003. Uh, so they have special guests from other comic book uh, properties who do attend, and sometimes not comic book properties, just sci-fi properties. Uh, so uh, she will be uh, a guest this year, which I think 
it's pretty interesting considering her show is still going on. Uh, a lot of the guests who appear in the Superman celebration are guests from past eras. Uh, and uh, it's great to see that they'll be able to get someone who's a current star in a current DC Comics property. Yeah, I mean, it's neat. I, I did think the same thing, but I do. I am aware that they have different people there. I think they're out of Superman people who are willing to come. I mean, <laughs> probably. So, uh, you know, they got to go somewhere, I guess. And, and Flash is definitely a popular show. And, mm. and um, so, and he's kind of, he's similar in spirit to Superman, yeah. I think, even if he's a little lighter and a little more of a joker or whatever. Um, he, he has that do the right thing type of attitude. And, and it's kind of a, it's kind of connected in that, in that way. So uh, it's, it's a neat guest list. Uh, I don't do, are there anybody? Um, the, 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 what is it? The, the two Lanas. Yes, that's right. Um, and Stacy Hyduck yeah. and uh, the, the, uh, actress who played Lana in Superman the movie, I'm just skipping on her name at the moment, uh, both uh, in attendance this year. So uh, that's uh, all, all ladies on the major special guests this year. Nice. Very nice. So yeah. I hope the people who go there enjoy it and uh, enjoy the meet and greet. And exactly. Don't forget that our Superman homepage meet and greet is also taking place at this year's Superman celebration, and it will be taking place again in the Hardys, which is not far from the Superman statue. It's within... A very close walking distance of the Superman statue. And this year, our Clark Kent and Lois Lane team of Jamie and Rhonda Kelly are back after missing uh, last year. Uh, they will be back as our team taking on the Superman homepage meet and greet, hosting that with uh, lots of prizes and giveaways for everyone who shows up. Uh, so make sure you turn up on the Friday morning, June 12th at 10.30 a.m. inside the Hardys located at 601 Ferry Street not far from the Superman statue. And thanks again to Hardy's manager, Antoine Johnson, who is allowing us to use their space there this year in the comfort of their air conditioning, which is always mm. good because it gets very hot there in Metropolis at that time of year. It was very hot when I was there, I remember. So yeah, that'll be good being in the air conditioning. Yeah, so June, Enjoy it, everybody. Yeah, June 11th, June 14th is the four-day Superman celebration there in Metropolis, Illinois. Head to supermancelebration.net. For further details. All right, let's get into the big question segment of our show. Let's start with the big question. Last month's question was, what did you think of the Batman v Superman teaser trailer? And Patrick O'Neill wrote in, I really didn't know what to expect for the trailer. It's a very thought-provoking trailer, as I think the different viewpoints that are being expressed are probably exactly how the real world would, would react. I like that they're continuing with a real-world approach. I have to say that I'm very happy that it definitely seems to be a Superman-centric story and not a Batman-centric story. Overall, I like the trailer. Keep up the good work. You guys are the best podcast on the net. Well, thank you, Patrick, uh, and thank, thank you for you. your continued support. Now, uh, Guthrie McLean writes in, and he says, I thought the teaser was perfect. The tone, timing, and the music, it beat the heck out of that first Man of Steel trailer teaser. Uh, loved that Superman's costume appeared brighter. I loved hearing the mixed reactions about Superman. The shot of Superman hovering in the sky, looking down at Batman and landing, looked very realistic. The teaser seemed to be centered on Superman, which I like. I don't think I like Batman's robot voice, and I hope... He only uses that voice for the armored suit. Uh, love the new, love how the te teaser ended when you expected to see more. Well, thank Very you. Very nice. Dave Booth wrote in, I thought the teaser was okay. Would have liked to have seen longer segments of action, but it was a teaser, so shouldn't expect a lot. Just ready for the movie to come out. Keep up the great work, Steve and Scotty. Your show's great. Oh, thank you, Dave. Appreciate your comments. 
And thank you for responding to the big question. And next up, we have Nick Nicholson, who wrote, Hi, Stephen Scott. When I first viewed the trailer, it left me a bit cold. After listening to various podcasts and reading articles that examine the trailer in more detail, my mind has been changed, and I've since watched it many more times and warmed to it immensely. I think the thing to remember is that it's just a teaser. I'm looking forward to the official trailer that we will hopefully see this year and the movie itself next year. Thanks for all the work you do on the site, guys. Uh, Thanks, Nick. Thank you. And our new big question for next time around, hopefully these people and more will write in. We were a little light this month, Mm. is uh, what did you think about the extended trailer for the Supergirl pilot episode and what did you like best? Yes, get involved with our new big question by responding to this question about the Supergirl pilot trailer. Let us know what you thought about it. And you can do that by using the big question button found at the Superman homepage to send your answer in. Or you could record an audio answer. We haven't had one of those in a while. And you could email that to us as well using the instructions on the big question page. I'm laughing at you, you hear? Laughing! And uh, this month we have a clip from the BBC comedy series called Goodness Gracious Me. And in this clip we find out that Superman is actually from India. Wow. Goodness gracious. Come on, Beta, let's clear these comic books away. Oh, don't move that. That's my Superman collection. I'm trying to put it in order. But you've got so many. Do you need this many comics? Superman's my favourite superhero. Ah, well, I can understand that. He's so brave, so strong, so Indian. <laughs> Superman Indian? No! Ah, ah, come on, you've seen the film. He runs faster than a speeding train. There's only one country where you can run faster than the train. <laughs> What about Clark Kent? Huh, Clark Kent? Uh, national health glasses. Bad haircut. Go to Calcutta, you see millions of civil servants dressed exactly the same. No, Dad! Superman comes from Krypton! Kerala! <laughs> Think about it, Yar. He's got two jobs. Indian. Never takes a day off work. Indian. And how does he get around? Cheap flights. I don't believe you. Not just Superman. Batman, Spider-Man, Incredible Hulk, all top superheroes come from India. Rubbish. Not rubbish. You look at the ancient Hindu texts. They're full of superheroes. There's Holy Man, Hanuman, (laughs) Catmandu. Catmandu. Okay, forget that one. But also Mongoose Man, Bribery Man, Latrine Boy. (laughs) Well, there you have it. Very funny stuff. And uh, we've got a few uh, of these comedy sketches lined up, so thank you, uh, especially Patrick um, Aslan, who always helps me find some of these comedy sketches. Uh, we've got a few lined up for a couple of uh, months now, so uh, we have usually get pretty light on comedy sketches, but we've got a few up our sleeve, so check those out in the coming months. But uh, like that one there from uh, the BBC comedy series, Goodness Gracious Me. Last month's super secret soundbite came from the Carl Jr. Hardy's commercial for the super bacon cheeseburger that was available around the release of Man of Steel. Let's hear it again. We'll be done before lunch. Right after lunch. Yes, there was the sound, and we had seven people guess it right. Who were they, Scott? We had David Huang, Patrick O'Neill. 
Patty, Donovan Hunter, Christopher Miran, Dave Booth, and Nick Nicholson. Well done, guys and girls and whoever else was part of that. Uh, congratulations for guessing where that sound came from. Uh, that commercial was a fun one at the time. I remember when it was released. So uh, well done for being able to remember about that commercial. Now let's see if uh, those people and more can guess where in the world of Superman this new super secret soundbite comes from. Well, if you think you know where in the world of Superman that sound came from, then use the super secret soundbite entry form found at the Superman homepage and send your entry in. Each person who guesses it right will have their name read out here in our next podcast. And now our Superman song for the month, the 1982 European dance hit, To Be Superman by Pam and Pat. Here it is from 1982.
Well, there you have it. Uh, you get your disco on there, Scotty? I'm still dancing right now. <laughs> Cutting a rug. Well, there yes. was the song, and that is our show. Uh, we, we had fun this month uh, bringing you all our thoughts on everything doing uh, going around with Superman this past month. Now, uh, remember, if there is a, a topic you think we've missed out on discussing, maybe there's a big question you'd like us to ask the fans, if there's a song that you would like to request, all those suggestions and anything else you'd like to let us know about this podcast, we're only too happy to hear from you. You can use the KAL feedback form found at the Superman homepage to send us your thoughts, or you can send us an email. My email address is steve at supermanhomepage.com. You can email Scotty. His is scotty at supermanhomepage.com. And we're only too happy to hear from your ideas and probably use those thoughts in a future podcast. But for now, that is this month's show. Thank you for listening. And thank you, Scotty. Thank you, Steve. It's, it's been good as always. And remember, everyone, always look up in the sky. You've been listening to Radio KL, brought to you by Superman Homepage and our sponsor, Patrick O'Neill. <laughs>